0: And welcome to That Was Genius, the little history podcast in which two friends who used to be on different sides of the world and are now mere hundreds of miles apart exchange history stories on a topic each week. We decide the topic a week in advance, but everything else that happens is a surprise. I say we decide the topic a week in advance, we actually decided the topic two days ago when two we recorded our ago. last episode. So this one is going to be quality.
1: I've got three pages of notes again. Have you? <laughs> yeah, they start. people are starting to call me
0: Tommy three page. Of course, you haven't listened to the last episode, so you don't know that I edited out all of stuff about how exhaustive your notes were. So... <laughs> <laughs> I did, I have actually, I,
1: I haven't listened to it all, but I did listen to it uh, a little bit while no I was doing has. the
0: washing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, actually, all sadness aside, it would really help us out if you did tell your friends about us. We've, uh, we, we I'd say we, we're struggling a little bit with motivation being locked inside all day, so if you could tell your friends, it would do us a massive, massive, massive favour and uh, boost our flagging morale <laughs> somewhat. <laughs> My, my morale's high. I, do- I mean, <laughs> my morale for the podcast is high. It's sky high. It's just everything else in life. <laughs> <laughs> morale for life in general was just dropping. Fair enough. <laughs> all this podcast all I've got left. So, what's our topic this week, Tom? The topic is sidekicks. Sidekicks. Which is suitable, isn't it, it?
1: Because you're kind of my sidekick in this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> and you're kind of my
0: side chick in life. <laughs>
1: I make it look like I'm the technologically incompetent one and I let you do all the presenting, but really, you know.
0: <laughs> really, you're only making it look that way. You're no, only making I'm it the... look like you're technically incompetent. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fundamental to this. I'm the guy that makes this all work. You really are. Well, otherwise it would just be one angry man in his spare bedroom. <laughs> <Wang>. <laughs> talking about how he's been self-isolating yeah. for hours on end. Yeah. This way, we've got two angry men in our spare bedrooms. <laughs> yeah the fun.
1: It's weird, isn't it? Because I'm slightly less
0: angry, but slightly more right-wing. um Yeah, as <laughs> I'm quite left-wing and generally a bit a bit, a <laughs> bit of a curmudgeonly whole git. <laughs> <laughs> I love everyone, and yet also hate them. <laughs> yeah, interesting. I'm a dichotomy, me. <laughs> I'm a cheerful racist. <laughs> oh, that's the best kind of racist. <laughs> yeah. uh And from whence the comedy arises. <laughs> Tom's not actually a racist, and I'm centrist at best. <laughs>
1: no, I'm very, very much not a racist. Quite the opposite. I get—I like to go out of my way to treat everyone badly.
0: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like, likewise, I'm socialist in my hatred. <laughs> I take hatred that would be directed towards the rich, and I give that hatred to the poor. In yeah, essence, I'm—I'm like a, I'm a regular angry Lenin. Yes. I'm <laughs> a regular angry
1: Robin Hood. <laughs> Um, uh, right, so how did you find this week? I found this week quite good I thought this was a good topic
0: I thought I was going to struggle When this was first suggested And I did struggle And so I've cheated Oh, fair enough
1: My <laughs> notes pretty much wrote themselves on this one.
0: Oh, is this going to be one of those ones Where you just read a source for ten minutes? No, 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 no <laughs> um, Although <laughs> there, is
1: quite, well, there is one very long quote But no, I, I started <laughs> researching this and Boom, it just came out all over the page um, Wow, wow I know. It's, it's I, the power it, of self isolating, isn't it? I was that excited <laughs> about it. And I have chosen a reasonably well known topic, but I do quite like to fluctuate from the obscure and vulgar to areas of history that listeners might actually have heard a bit about, but they want to know more about. You know, some sort of historical topics that are good for everybody to know. So that's where I've gone this week.
0: Excellent. Fair enough. Well, I've gone for a duel, and all good duels, Tom, have seconds. And they're my ah, sidekicks, the seconds. Right. However, well, yeah. they play very little part in the story. <laughs> and what part they do play is essentially useless.
1: <laughs> okay, so it was a tenuous
0: link to the theme. At best, but it's a is really it a good, good story. story. Yeah, it's a great okay. story. You know what I like, Tom? I like a good far-fetched story <laughs> yeah. that makes you say... Muh? and google to see if it actually happened (laughs) which in this case in a double cheat it probably didn't so (laughs) oh well don't tell anyone that pretend it's all true it was fake news news. (laughs) what shall
1: we flip oh well um i've got a slipper
0: and i use them to kick people occasionally Ah, yeah, can you kick to the side with your slipper? I do you can. Actually, do you know what? This Here's a here's a funny story. It's not really a funny story, but it's a story <laughs> from my childhood, so I'm going to regale us with it and then choose whether to edit it out or not. I okay, to come to on in, a... Grandad. <laughs> we'll all gather round. Gather round fire. I used to go fire. to a lot of gigs with my dad because he liked the same music as me. Well, and Chris Rear. I mean, <laughs> 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 trying to think of anyone sadder than Chris Rear. <laughs> No, it's not coming. Uh, so we used to go to quite a few bands together, see quite a few bands together. And my dad had a false leg. My dad lost his leg in a motorbike accident when he was 16. Boring. And, uh, Come on, try And he used to...
1: Your dad's got... Your dad only had one leg. Could yeah. you not do something better with that? Come on.
0: Well... Make up a story. Well, in these gigs, Tom, he would rotate his false leg to the side and then just kick me with incre- <laughs> in time of the music with incredible force. <laughs> <laughs> Until I told him to piss off.
1: <laughs> Which is really, really annoying when it was a status quo gig. Because it's just a really, really repetitive bah, bah, kick, 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 kick. <laughs> God, I can Two literally hours.
0: I can literally hear status quo in my head to that. <laughs> there was a band we used to go and see who did a song about having a having one leg, it was kind of a gospel song. Oh, and, it was Rufus. Uh,
1: Harris. And... <laughs>
0: No, that was wobble leg.
1: (laughs) That was Jake with his. Oh, Jake the Peg. Jake, Jake the Peg, was it? Yeah, extra leg. Yeah.
0: And uh, and my dad used to take off his false leg and twirl it above his head, (laughs) like (laughs) like a Viking berserker.
1: Did it didn't have it attached to a chain? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was on elastic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was on elastic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> did it go did it make a noise? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a
0: it did, thing. yeah, it made it made a noise like like a vuvuzela when you spun it around above your head, and then when you let it go so it twanged back into original position, it made a noise like one of those door stops that cats love to play <laughs> with. <laughs> uh, anyway, i have told a story. You go first. <laughs> Uh, fair fuck enough. flipping something
1: <laughs> fair enough um well yes i i have a great topic and it's a great topic because i'm going to talk about four individuals connected in a web of side kickery so oh. more side kickery than a conger at a millipede's wedding let me introduce <laughs> emperor justinian general belisarius empress theodora and historian procopius now, I'm guessing, because you like your Byzantine history, don't you? You've heard of all these people.
0: I've heard of all of these people, yes.
1: How much do you know about all of these people?
0: Oh, now you're putting me on the spot and going to make me look like a right tit. I'm going to say not very much.
1: Oh, excellent. Because Did I it, want the okay. audience
0: to be filled in. And I'm going to pretend it's not because I've forgotten everything that I learned in my degree. <laughs> Well, what
1: I think you will know is that Justinian was responsible for the building of the Hagia Sophia in Istanbul.
0: He was, which we've both yeah. been to, I think, haven't we?
1: We both have, an architecturally pioneering building. Um,
0: he was. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's fucking nuts.
1: It's very, very big, isn't it? And we've mentioned it in previous podcasts. I think we mentioned it when talking about the um, elite guard. What were they called? The Varangian Guard. The Varangian Guard, yep, who have graffitied it, haven't they? They have indeed.
0: There's some there's some ancient graffiti it's an amazing building it's this place that yeah you know, it was built by Justinian and, and various parts of it were burnt down and rebuilt over the years but it kind of became a, a mark of honor that every emperor would stick something onto it and so it's just a it's like the tower to the sky it's a mad hodgepodge of bits and pieces here and there with just sheds and towers stuck out at odd angles if you look really closely there's just weird bits all over the place yeah it's a very odd building isn't it, it is it's amazing odd. it's one of my favorite buildings in the world. Hasn't it influenced,
1: I may be completely off the mark here, but didn't it heavily influence the design of mosques in the it Muslim did. world? Yes, yeah. it did. Yeah, um, It's just like, I suppose, how the, the, what we consider now to be Turkish baths, we're actually talking about Roman baths, because yes. Turkish baths evolved from Roman baths. Anyway, Justinian was Byzantine Emperor from 527 to 565 AD, just to give you an idea of the time frame here. Uh, He is also famous for rewriting Roman law, often called the Code of Justinian, and this is a foundation stone of modern law. And incidentally, he didn't write it all by himself. He was slightly better at delegating tasks than that. Um, He's also famous for the reconquest of many many areas of the Western Roman Empire from the Ostrogoths and the Vandals. So they were Germanic tribes that had destroyed the Western Roman Empire around a century earlier. Incidentally, didn't last long. No, it didn't last very long at all. Incidentally, he didn't fight these wars all by himself. He was slightly better at delegating tasks than that. He had General Belisarius to do it for him. Oh, More on him to follow. his sidekick. Exactly. He's quite the polymath slash Jackius of all trades.
0: Oh, Tom, did you just make a Latin joke when the Byzantines spoke Greek?
1: Did they? Yeah. Uh, well, what would the... Uh, Jackalus... Jackalus... <laughs> Jackadisius. Jackathesis? <laughs> Jack- Jackithesis. And interesting, interestingly, Justinian was from a peasant family. Did you know that?
0: I did, yes, actually,
1: I did. Yeah, so his uncle Justin the, the I had started his military career as a basic soldier, and I think he was a pig farmer before that, and worked his way up to emperor. And Justinian himself was from a farming family, I think. Um, yes, he never lived it down. No. No, but apparently it was quite common in in the Byzantine Empire for people um, to rise up through the ranks from the very bottom based on competency. I know, radical, isn't it? What the fuck is this? <laughs> Bit of a meritocracy going on there.
0: I know, and then if you were really, really good, you get adopted by the emperor, and then you could kill him and be the emperor.
1: Well, that's a not great far system. <laughs> off. Because, because Justin the First was his uncle, and um, he basically adopted Justinian, and that's how Justinian got his foot into the... being the Emperor. Um, So Justinian was helped during his reign by Empress Theodora, who he married. And uh, this is another sidekick relationship that I'm going to discuss. And Empress Theodora was also from an ordinary family. In fact, Procopius, and we're going to come to him shortly as well, said that she was a prostitute who also performed lots of sex shows on stage. Now, Sam, are you ready for a, a long but abbreviated quote that tells us all we need to know about Theodora?
0: I I certainly am, and I'm slightly amazed that writing such things (laughs) did not get one's head chopped off. (laughs) Well,
1: we'll come on to that at the very end, so quote, this is a long quote, (laughs) and I've I've edited out all the best bits, and all the bits that remain are very good. Theodora was still too young to have intercourse with a man after the manner of a woman. But she satisfied the unnatural passions of certain wretches, even the vilest slaves, who followed their masters to the theatre and amused their leisure by this infamy. She remained for some time also in a brothel where she practised this hateful form of vice. First paragraph. Paragraph two. As soon, however, as she reached the age of puberty, as she was handsome, her mother sent her into a theatrical troupe, and she straightway became a simple harlot, as old-fashioned people call it, for she was neither a musician nor a dancer, but merely prostituted herself to everyone whom she met giving up every part of her body to debauchery. That's my
0: favourite thing about the theatre. <laughs> she <theater>. associated
1: <laughs> chiefly with the theatrical pantomimes and took part in their performances.
0: Now that's oh. a, a, pa- a pantomime with a sex show. I know. That's, that's <laughs> not like any Dick Whittington I've ever seen. No, but Bobby Davro certainly, <laughs> <laughs> certainly keen. <laughs> Les Dennis was all over it. Yeah, Widow twankie <laughs> will suck a golf ball. <laughs> she, <Urgh>. Oh, God. <laughs> Christopher Biggins, no! <laughs> Popping pop a ping-pong ball out of his arse.
1: <laughs> what <laughs> the angry sisters catch it in their mouths. <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, <dear.
1: coughs> She's behind you!
0: Yeah, you don't want to know where Button's got a name. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Chapter three, she excelled in raising a laugh by being slapped on her puffed out cheeks, doesn't tell you which type of cheek, and used to uncover <laughs> herself so far as to show the spectators everything before and behind which decency forbids to show to men. She stimulated her lovers by lavicious jests and continually invented new postures of coition, by which means she completely won the hearts of all libertines. For she did not wa- she did not wait to be solicited by anyone whom she met but herself, with jokes and gestures, invited everyone whom she fell in with, especially beardless boys. Poor oh, Crikey. Chapter four. Um Oh wow there's <laughs> <this> more <laughs> Paragraph four, sorry. This is the good one. Um hold on, Oh, no, this is this is we're starting, starting to crank up. For she often went to supper at which each one paid his share, with ten or more young men in the full vigour of their age, and practised in debauchery, and would pass the whole night with all of them. When they were all exhausted, she would go to their servants, thirty in number it may be, and fornicate with each one of them, and yet not even so did she quench her lust. Wow. Once she went to the house of some great man...
0: Even break a sweat... <laughs>
1: and while the guests were drinking pulled up her clothes on the edge of the couch and did not blush to exhibit her wantonness without reserve though she, she received the mail in three orifices she nevertheless complained of nature for not having made the passage of her breasts wider that she might contrive a new form of cohesion <laughs> in that part of her person also <sighs> crikey <laughs> wow you wait Paragraph 5. Oh, tip of the I- <laughs> this is the tip of the iceberg. Often, even on the stage, she stripped before the eyes of all the people and stood naked in their midst, wearing only a girdle about her private parts and groin. In this attitude, she would throw herself down on the ground and lie on her back. Slaves, whose duty it was, would then pour grains of barley upon her girdle, which trained geese would then pick up with their beaks one by one and eat. She did not blush or rise up, but appeared in glory in this performance. For she was not only without shame but especially fond of encouraging others to be shameless and often would strip naked in the midst of actors and swing herself backwards and forwards explaining to those who had already enjoyed her and those who had not the peculiar excellences of that exercise <laughs> wow uh, oof. um that is a, a very long quote but I didn't know which bits to pick out
0: you kept it all you you kept all the best bits in as indeed yeah. she did from the sounds of it
1: Well so yeah so so that's Theodora regardless of these tendencies Theodora was actually a
0: fantastic aid to Justinian For example during the <laughs> yeah. week of I from the sounds of it she helped him quite a lot yeah. <laughs> played a very um, important role <laughs> bit of assistance um, here and there
1: Yeah kept yeah <laughs> lending a hand indeed. Um, <laughs> among other things Yes uh, <laughs> For example, during the Nika riots, in which two factions of chariot-racing fans went nuts, it was Theodora who stopped Who's Justinian. Who them all. <laughs> and stopped the riot. Hooray! <laughs> Come on, boys. Bring it on. I'm imagining they're a little bit like Cher in that video where she's on a
0: military navy boat. Have you seen that video? Uh... <laughs> What does Cher do on a Navy boat? What, pr- what is this music video featuring Cher and a boat full of sailors? Cher Navy ship. If I could turn back time. Okay, oh, she's it's basically right. on a it's, Navy okay. ship with
1: not very much clothes on, parading around in front of lots of um, <laughs> lots of sailors. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what I'm imagining here. If Fair I could turn back time. If I could turn back time. If I could turn back time. Sam, that is by far the best impression you've ever done in this set. <laughs> <Is it? laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. who'd, who'd have thought that share would be my magnum opus? <laughs> if you do a fantastic share. <laughs> far out! That was brilliant. Could you do um, what was the <laughs> one that? Go now, now, no, now, now you said it's good. I'm going to now. overtry it. I'm going to, I'm going to put too much effort and over egg the pudding. You just take what you take what you were given and move on. <laughs> No, 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 no. And I let's never talk do... of it again.
1: No, which was. Oh, come on. Uh, which was the one she did in the 90s? Um...
0: Do you believe? That's I'm the
1: la- one. I can feel the pains, I <laughs> We're not going to beat that. That's the highlight of the episode. Done. Right. See you next anyway, week. <laughs> back to the Nika Riot. Riots. Um, it was Theodora who stopped Justinian and his inner circle from fleeing Byzantium with her Rocky-style motivational speech, you know. <laughs> it's not about how
0: hard you can punch, but how hard you can be punched and still keep moving forward. <laughs> that right. Term- did she? Uh, did she do the speech with a cock in her mouth? Because it certainly <laughs> sounds like she did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it started off as an attempt at Sylvester Stallone and merged into Peter Beardsley <laughs> this is doing the Atletico mints yes
0: that <laughs> so was only. <laughs> <laughs> fucking only
1: and, uh, if, um, yes. uh, let's move on to Belisarius quickly Justinian's kick-ass general and the second sidekick I'm going to mention in detail so Belisarius II had worked his way up through the ranks of the Byzantine Empire based on his merit, and probably being quite good at politics too, and he actually created a personal bodyguard unit for the Emperor and introduced heavy cavalry to the Byzantine Empire. The heavy cavalry that he created was known as the Bucellarii. Do you know what that translates as, Sam? No, I don't. This is going to make you shit your pants, Sam. This is going to strike <laughs> fear into the hearts of everyone listening to this. Okay. It translates as the biscuit eaters.
0: Men Jesus Men, draw your shortbreads. <laughs> yes. Well, do you know what? If you can eat four cream crackers at once without breaking a sweat with nothing on them, you then can you're a man join to be the
1: busselati. <laughs> do you think you're hard enough, do you? I
0: bet you can't eat four cracker cream crackers in one go. I'm just imagining some kind of army recruitment advert now. There's <laughs> some commandos jumping out of a helicopter.
1: On my command, men, a volley of custard creams. <laughs> yes. Chocolate hobnobs, attack! <laughs> we're outnumbered, quick, retreat to the gingerbread house. Retreat!
0: Beautiful. <clears throat> and why were they called the biscuit eaters, Tom? <laughs>
1: Do you think I do you think I wanted to research that sound when I found that they were called the biscuit eaters? I was quite happy with that. I had no interest. <laughs> I had no interest in finding out anything more. No, I have no idea. Anyway, Belisarius was an exceptionally successful commander and is widely seen as one of the greatest commanders of all time, right up there with so Alexander. Actually, the so gate. you
0: didn't look at why they were called the biscuit eaters?
1: No, I, I genuinely didn't. <laughs> I have no idea. Oh. Um, I just thought he was brilliant and left it at that. Um, <laughs> When I'm in an old people's home, there's going to be a little gang. I'm going to get some mates, some other old farts who are flatulent and incontinent, and uh, I'm going to say, yeah, we're the biscuit We terrorise. We own this old people's home.
0: (laughs) Your biker gang.
1: Yeah, and we're going to wander around and just eat whatever biscuits we like. Oi, geez, you want a Dunkin'? Yeah, (laughs) just pushing other people away from the biscuit trolley. (laughs) Get out of here, mate. They're my biscuits. Um, Belisarius reconquered most of the old Western Roman Empire, as I've mentioned, by defeating the Vandals in North North Africa and the Ostrogoths on the Italian Peninsula. In total, he almost doubled the size of Justinian's empire. But as you mentioned, it didn't last very long. Anyway, his military successes helped secure Justinian's position on throne after a difficult start to his reign with the Nica riots. And there is a legend, which is probably not true, that Justinian actually had Belisarius's eyes scooped out after suspecting Oof. him of plotting against him. And Be- Belisarius was then left on the streets to beg. But that's probably a Jesus. myth, although I think...
0: I it was think, quite a common punishment, having your eyes put out in the Byzantine Empire, if you pissed off an emperor. Is that right? Yeah, being blinded was quite, uh, quite common.
1: I, th- I think a more likely um, version of the story is that Justinian had Belisarius tried, but I think he actually he actually acquitted him during the trial, put him in his place, and said you're getting too big for your boots. But the the idea, the the story of Belisarius having his eyes scooped out, is actually quite a common one in Renaissance art. I think now for our final kicks they kick always out. painted the good stuff didn't they yeah yeah uh, yeah they didn't, none of the conquests none of the victory <laughs> none of all the good things belisarius did yeah, no, didn't paint any of theodora's sex acts for crying out loud that would have been much more fun um they just focus on the scooping out the eyes now our final sidekick story belisarius had a personal historian following him around called Procopius.
0: And Procopius wrote two books that are of interest to us here. He was both precocious and copious. <laughs> there was a lot of him, and he was pretty sure he was a fucking good historian. <laughs> like, talented and fat. <laughs> <Yeah>. Winning combo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the cocky, corpulent... <laughs> God, There's something else that starts to see. The cocky, corpulent... Cockwangler, <laughs> Procopius wrote two books that are of interest to us. The first was The History of the Wars, and this is very much uh, panegyric, i.e. it was written to praise and celebrate the brilliance of Belisarius Justinian and Theodora, and this it did. The three of them are portrayed very positively, but that's all a tad boring, isn't it? Procopius also wrote The Secret History. The book stands in stark contrast to the history of the wars, even though it covers basically the same period of history and discusses the same individuals. And Pricotius just lets rip in this book. The extensive quote from earlier regarding Theodora was from this document. Um, amongst other things, Pricopius likens Justin into a devil, not just casually. He describes him as, as having a head that disappears. Um, Interesting. <laughs> one occasion, just, Interesting. Yeah. Sounds like reliable history.
0: Yeah, his head just disappears. Um, very <laughs> inconvenient. <laughs> embarrassing. Which is funny, because it only disappears when the biscuit-eaters are round and happen to very much look like a digestive.
1: Or <laughs> Jamie <Jeremy> dodger. <laughs>
0: <laughs> big red eyes and a big red mouth. <laughs>
1: um, we will never know why Procopius wrote this second history, but there are two plausible explanations. The first is he was disillusioned with Justinian, Belisarius and Theodora and couldn't help himself let rip when he was no longer in their favour. In which case, it's the literary equivalent to stuffing frozen porn. Porn stabbing frozen prawns <laughs> down the back of the radiator <laughs> on your last day at work. Not uh, stepping frozen porn. Icelandic
0: oh Icelandic porn. Uh, I, I love it, chilly lady. <laughs> you know Ooh, it's uh, it's porn to think too Tom Icelandic porn because Icelandic porn is got lots of layers. And and is always read by a Welshman. <laughs> yes. Uh, that? That's right, boy. Oh. <laughs> Icelandic pornography.
1: <laughs> Everyone likes a nice bit of Icelandic pornography, don't they? <laughs> Do you oh, also
0: like Tom? Cheese on toast. Cheese <laughs> A bit of Welsh
1: and a good sing-song. A Aye. lovely sing-song to a bit of Tom Jones.
0: <laughs> What's new, pussycat? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> my, 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 Delilah.
1: <laughs> Carry <on>. up. <laughs> Alternatively, it was Procopius' insurance policy in the event of a change of regime. And by this, I mean, if Justinian were overthrown, we all know what might happen to his inner circle, including um, Procopius. So Procopius yes. could then pull out this book and say, I never liked him in the first place. Look, here's some proof. If it's the latter. Smart. I know. Or not. <laughs> It's a brilliant example of how important it is to thoroughly analyse our assessment of historical figures when we only have a limited range of primary sources to work with. So, what is the purpose of these historical documents? Are we reading an Aeneid, or are we reading a secret history? Is the author celebrating a leader, or are they trying to discredit them? Remember, Sam, the winners write history.
0: That's true, they do. And who was the winner, Tom?
1: I don't actually know what happened to Procopius. I I haven't um, put that in my notes.
0: Oh, You've got some gap-filling to do.
1: But no, we were talking about sidekicks. I didn't need to know why they were called biscuit-eaters, and I didn't want to know what happened to Procopius. Anyway, just to readdress the balance after my unpleasantly credible historical reflection, here's a song that I wrote, Sam. (laughs) Theodora, we adore her. She's the one that will brighten up your day with a gangbang and a goose trousers down and shout, hooray, Theodora, we adore her. There
0: you go. You know I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that you did that because I was wondering whether to make a Theodore <laughs> a, a, a joke. Wizardora <laughs> joke and then thought do you know what fucking no one's going to get that <laughs> <laughs> but
1: me I'm straight on it <laughs> yeah.
0: Another, yet another 90s
1: kids TV reference <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to put up links we're going to have to put up a link to Wizardora and we're going to have to put up a link to uh, share if I could turn back time
0: I think most people know "Share." If I Could Turn Back Time. I don't well, think did, a song's going to be news to anyone. Did I didn't know the video, that's true.
1: With her parading around like a harlot on a naval <laughs> ship. With geese everywhere. With geese. Barley being thrown liberally around. <laughs> Ping pong balls going left, right and centre.
0: <laughs> oh, those sailors didn't know what hit them. <laughs> no. <laughs> until the massive brawl broke out, at which point all the sailors were hit by seamen. <laughs> there we go. That's a forced joke that probably won't make the edit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we wonder why we
0: don't get the same listens as
1: Athletico Mints. <laughs> <Men's>. oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Bob Morton has got a few years on us. We'll keep the practice going. He does. Some of his early stuff's a bit shit. You're right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh god! Is it gonna take
0: us that long to produce anything of any quality? They say it takes ten thousand hours, Tom. So, audience, by episode five, by episode ten thousand.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Over to you, Sam. Oh, was that like you a done? Good sidekick. Yeah,
1: that's me done. They were on, they were oh. my sidekick
0: stories. There we go. I had heard of them before, but I kind of forgotten a lot of it, and it was very interesting. And I never knew about the biscuit eaters <laughs> or the odd way in which the riots were ended. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now the biscuit eaters is very good. I did like biscuit eaters, and I might um try and research biscuit eaters. Well that's Isn't... gonna get
0: they're gonna get a doodle on the website, aren't they? Exactly. If nothing else, the biscuit eaters are gonna get a doodle on the website. <laughs> yes. Write that down, Tom. Write that down. And whilst you're doing that, I'm going to uh Cheat this week. Okay. <laughs> As I've warned you, uh, I couldn't find any fun, fun, odd stories about sidekicks particularly. Uh, so I've, I've done a duel because I found a really good one. But the seconds, the sidekicks were absolutely useless and didn't really play much of a part in it at all. So it really is stretching the theme quite broad. If anything, the umpire in this match was the real hero, if there is such a thing. <laughs> um... <laughs> Okay. Because the sidekicks would bugger all use, and also as I've mentioned, and by way of double cheating, it probably never happened this event. So do take everything with a grain of salt. It's entirely possible the whole thing was made up by an Italian newspaper just to cause a little bit of scandal. Uh, at least that's what one of the women involved in it always claimed afterwards. Right. So who knows what really happens? And you'll know, Tom, that I said one of the women involved I was about to say, in the jewels. Was it? Yes because today i'm going to talk about what's known as the emancipated duel between princess pauline matamich and countess anastasia kilmanseg oh yeah yeah in 1892 and it's the first time that two women with women as seconds and a woman as an umpire fought a duel it's the first all women duel did, did it involve jelly <laughs> no tom but they were topless. <laughs> oh, I, I say, I say, I say. <laughs> what? For, Where did that come for, from? For, as we'll find out, very legitimate uh, uh, um, medical reasons, oh, <laughs> it whacker. was it was also <laughs> fought topless.
1: <laughs> was, was it a was it was it a wet t-shirt competition by any chance?
0: Uh, well, not even not even a wet petticoat competition, Tom. No, it was it was right down to the bare essentials. <laughs> I see I see I see. Now this was not the first duel between two women. So-called petticoat duels have been going on for decades if not centuries under the traditional rules of a pistol shot first and then you switch to swords if everyone's still alive and uninjured.
1: <laughs> switch to
0: handbags. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you well you joked on but these were <laughs> these were serious affairs. Those I'm handbags just, were sort of being, lead shot. It's
1: just too good an opportunity to be sexist. Don't. <laughs> le-
0: oh, there's plenty of opportunities to be sexist if you want them, Tom. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank, you. thank <laughs> you very much. But yes, these jewels were really were handbags at dawn. There's one particularly famous example from 1792, uh, which is a century earlier than the jewel we're talking about today, in which a Mrs Elphinstone was challenged to a duel in Hyde Park Ooh. by one Lady Almeria Braddock. Elphinstone, um,
1: we've talked about William Elphinstone before, haven't we? We
0: did, I don't think they're
1: related The general, Is he the, was he the incompetent general?
0: I mean, it could have been his wife, that would be funny <laughs>
1: He was, he was the one that was responsible for the
0: awful retreat In Afghanistan, from Kabul, yeah Kabul, yeah I wonder whether they're connected That would be, that would be unusual What was um, her name? I don't know her first name, it's simply a Mrs Elphinstone Oh, okay, In the sources
1: Interesting.
0: But, yeah, she clearly right capable
1: of putting up more fight than <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she George Key. Yeah,
0: she probably did put up more of a fight than her <laughs> husband. Yeah,
1: showed more um, strength and discipline.
0: <laughs> uh, at least she stood and fought. Yeah. So, yes, this particularly famous example from 1792 Mrs. Elphinstone was challenged to a duel in Hyde Park by Lady Almeria Braddock. After making a poorly timed joke about her age over high tea. <laughs> oh, I say. Which ended in a glove slap, which ended in a duel. <laughs> Far out. Because she uh, she claimed that she was a, an older lady. So as you can see, Tom, lady duels were fought over, you know, petty, silly little things and throwaway comments, unlike manly man duels at the time, <laughs> which were fought over such important topics as garden fence height. <laughs> disagreeing too vociferously with the findings of a scientific paper on chaffinches or who got the last round in you know stuff that's worth dying for yes
1: yeah, that's very important yes what time you should start your lawnmower on a Sunday morning
0: absolutely yes the the vital stuff yep. anyway in this instance Mrs Elphinstone's pistol shot blew Lady Braddock's hat off her head so, <laughs> very clearly <laughs> did, deliberately did her in I, no I think she was aiming was for she just her, a but, really good shot just a, <laughs> poof, takes um, her hat off. Poof, takes
1: the gun out of her hand. Yeah, she th-
0: she poof, threw it up in the air. Yeah, <laughs> and then reached under her leg to pull off a trick shot whilst doing a backflip.
1: I'm not trying to kill you. I'm just trying to shoot off all your clothes. What a bra pings <laughs> yeah. off.
0: Poof. Wow, this is going for some very. This has gone very carry on suddenly, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she does the full, yeah. <laughs> lady Lady Braddock's does the full Barbara Windsor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh dear.
0: <laughs> Whilst Lord Braddock's mon- monocle pops out.
1: <laughs> Barbara Windsor's basically a Cockney Dolly Parton, isn't she? Yes, yeah, she is. For yes, any American <laughs> listeners.
0: Yeah, a <laughs> <laughs> Cockney Dolly Parton. I love that. Oi, Jolene. Oh, Jolene! That is Jolene. for walking. Jolene, oh. Jolene, <laughs> you slag. Please don't steal my man, Jolene. <laughs> I have words. I have beef with you, Jolene. Oh,
1: dear.
0: So yes, the uh...
1: Parton song. <laughs> working the two five,
0: gotta get myself a living. I <laughs> legit in the street. Working down the Albert Docks. <laughs> it's all taking and no giving, Tom. It's all taking and no giving. <laughs> Apart from those Cray twins, lovely boys. Always came round for a spot of tea and a jelly deal. Always good to their mother, wouldn't they? Always good
1: to their mother. Yeah.
0: So, yes, uh, Mrs Elphinstone's pistol shot blew Lady Braddock's hat off, um, at which point the two picked up their swords (laughs) and set to fencing. And the duel only ended when Lady Braddock managed to uh, wound Mrs Elphinstone in the arm, drawing first blood and therefore winning the duel, uh, after which uh, Elphinstone had to write a letter of apology and all was settled. And then in 1886... (laughs) Genuinely, two women went to war and fought a duel over a disagreement over whether France or the USA had better qualified doctors. Bloody right. (laughs) Too bloody right. Everyone knows that it's the French. Yeah. So women dueling wasn't particularly uncommon, but an all-woman rumble in the jungle? Now that was something new, Tom. And so we come over to our duel, which wasn't just fought between two noble women, it was, as I've said, fought topless. (laughs) Yeah, you, I, I still am looking forward to the context behind this. <laughs> and Tom, wait until I tell you it was fought over flower arranging. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> why was there a disagreement about the flowers?
0: <laughs> well, it was the culmination of a great social rivalry between the two participants. These two ladies, Princess Pauline Metemich and Countess Anastasia Kielmansegg, they absolutely hated each other and had done for several years. They were arch-rivals in Vienna's ridiculously opulent social scene, with each claiming to kind of be the, the high socialite of the entire Austro-Hungarian Empire. Pauline was the daughter of one of Austria's most senior diplomats. Also, as a fun side fact, was married to her own uncle, which is Habsburglicious, isn't it? And
1: had three eyes. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) And an enormous chin. (laughs) (laughs) And that's going to be another one of the drawings in this week's
1: episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anna, on the other hand, was a Russian and was married to the German-born Governor of Lower Austria, so she was basically an outsider and a bit of a pretender, but incredibly wealthy and very gregarious. Uh, And because she was an outsider and she wasn't easily accepted, it made her doubly determined to get accepted on the Vienna social scene. With fantastic flower arrangements. (laughs) With incredible floral imagination. And so she joined the boards and councils of pretty much every social club and event in town, which is where she pretty quickly got clashing with Princess Pauline. And the hatred between the two came to a head in summer 1892 when it came to organising the Vienna Music and Theatrical Exhibition. It's a cracking event, which, if anyone's, if people were considering going. It was the biggest event in Vienna, which was the social capital of the world at the time. It was really, really quite something. I mean, you talked the other day, I think you were talking about. The waltz, was it yes. the waltz houses that had. Swans and on lakes indoors, and a f- and and a, a, a slide, a, a giant f- slide. <laughs>
1: These places sounded fantastic. It was like Las Vegas.
0: that's Brad, city gonna on
1: fire. it's a cracking share impression, Sam.
0: It really is. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? <laughs> you bastard. So, yes, the, the Vienna Musical and Theatrical Exhibition, put back in my place, uh, Pauline was the president, whilst Anastasia was the acting president of the Ladies' Committee. Ooh, and if there's one thing we know about local politics, Tom, it pretty quickly comes to blows. And both thought that it was their God-given right, and not only their God-given right, Tom, but their duty to have the honour of sorting out the flower arrangements for this festival. a very important job. It's an, it's an incredibly important job. I mean, lives are on the line, Tom. Lives are on the line. Can you imagine if you got tulips instead of pansies? I mean, fuck, oh, fuck my life.
1: Hey. It would be the end of
0: civilization as we know it.
1: You'd forget it not, wouldn't you, Sam? You
0: would forget it not. <laughs> very good. Very good. Uh, so, yes, they ended up getting into a right Viennese whirl about the whole thing, Tom. Hey. <laughs> very sure we did that. Hey. It got so heated that they decided the only way to sort the whole thing out <laughs> and decide who the ultimate queen of the Austrian social scene was was to have a duel to first blood. God, I'm am
1: I'm, I'm still imagining the scene as it as things started to hot up with the flower display.
0: I uh, yeah, oh, bouquets were thrown, Tom. <sighs> bouquets were thrown. Did one of them turn up after the other one had
1: started, and was like, "I cannot believe they've put the Bodleias there. Nobody." Ever uses dahlias as a filler flower? That's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> Absolutely know, no. I'm ridiculous. Very impressed with your knowledge of this. <laughs> <laughs> Foxgloves next to an orchid? What the fuck is this? You are what
1: disgusting. What kind of Russian wank is this? <laughs> <laughs> That's like Gordon Ramsay, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucking dahlias with your fucking clematis? What the fuck do I look like? Call that a fucking centrepiece.
0: <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> yes. Bring me the fucking hyacinths Get the fuck out of my flower shop The amaryllis is too fucking tall I'm Genuinely, I'm very impressed with the knowledge of flowers Shove your fucking budliers up your fucking ass. I like red ones so... <laughs> Red arses oh, <it's> <laughs> <laughs> Full of budlier. yes
1: <laughs> That's what I do for him but Emperor of the Byzantine Empire, I would have a line of peasants bent over <laughs> with budliers sticking out their asses. <laughs> just, just to give the uh, just to give the office
0: a sort of bit more class. <laughs> In fact, well, budliers can be quite tall, can't they? So you can have the have the peasants leaning over and create some kind of floral arch for you to parade through. <laughs>
1: for people coming in to visit
0: the emperor. You've got to walk through the arch of... Yeah, you don't have a a page boy with a trumpet. You've got (laughs) farting peasants with flowers up their (laughs) arse. It's when one of of them trumpets a little too hard and the flower
1: pops out. (laughs) Yeah, I just imagine the visitors walking past and going, what incarnation is
0: this? Hey! Oh... Who knew you had so many flower puns <laughs> lined up, waiting to go? <laughs> Good grief! Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear! So, whilst most aristocrats at this time, men or women, would have chosen a champion or sidekick to fight for them, uh, because obviously you don't want to risk wounding or killing a valuable aristocrat when just some nobody would do. But these two, they meant it with you?
1: I would, t- I would take The Undertaker. <laughs> I'd, have have a the disagree- <laughs> I'd have a disagreement with someone over something petty. And i said, say, well, I've got a second. And uh, just, you know, get on the old phone. And then out from behind the curtains walks The Undertaker. There you go.
0: He's, your- he's the guy you're going to be fighting, wanker. Right. Anyway, t- with these two, it was personal. And they were going to fight themselves, So they had to pick a battleground that was somewhere far enough away that it wouldn't be watched and cause gossip and scandal by their Viennese friends and they wouldn't be shunned for their behaviour by their fellow ladies. And so they went all the way to fucking Liechtenstein, Tom. Wow. They they travelled to a place called Verdus on August 23rd, 1892. Now, their seconds, who were there to cheer for their side and to... Oil up their boobs... Oh, to, oh yes, their fluffers into their side and catch breaking of the rules. Were, and here's some names I'm not going to be able to pronounce: Princess Schwarzenberg for Princess Pauline, and Countess Kinsky for Baroness Anastasia. Countess And Countess Kinsky. Countess, K- Countess Kinsky. Yes, she can. She puts business cards up in post boxes near me. Countess
1: Kinky. Yeah. Welcome. What are you here for? <laughs> uh, I offer oral or, f- or full sex
0: I am here for the full like. boots and leather experience <laughs> Countess Kinsky sounds like the uh, You have
1: 15 minutes, come on, hurry up Yeah.
0: Sounds like the psychic of the Duchess from My Dad Wrote a Porno, actually I've not listened to that Oh, oh Can we must. stop
1: giving listeners better ideas than to listen to this?
0: So, the umpire for the whole thing was going to be a Polish noblewoman called Baroness Lublinska, who was there to partly oversee and make sure everything was done by the rules and to uh, offer final judgment. But more importantly, she was there to act as a field medic, because incredibly unusually, both for a woman and particularly for a noblewoman, the Baroness was a trained surgeon. Mm and actually travelled all the way from Poland to oversee the event. So, in a roundabout and very stretched way, she was both of their sidekicks. (laughs) Try and make it vaguely on topic. And she had some ideas, Tom, about how the duel should be fought safely. Namely, that the two women must fight topless. Ah, so
1: she was a trained surgeon and a lesbo.
0: Yes, and like most trained surgeons, Tom, she was a horrible lech. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, in reality what she actually argued quite rightly was that uh, sepsis was a very real possibility and she was worried about fibres of clothing getting into any wounds and causing the lady's legs to fall off a few weeks after the duel and so she said that since they were, it was all above the belt uh, above the belt you should be naked so that the only thing that was going to hurt you was a quick blow from a sword and hopefully, fingers crossed no one would die weeks later you might That's slightly, die slightly the disappointing. Time, the time.
1: I was, I was imagining a very, very creepy old doctor. Uh, the, the venerable members of the V and <laughs> medical council have um, <laughs> had had an extraordinary have meeting. Me. <laughs> and um, uh, re- and
0: also, also for your safety, it is very important that you are suitably oiled to deflect all the sword blows. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. And we insist on there being some music.
0: Um, yes, to, I just, and also to, to make sure that there's no cheating and that no one is hidden in the armor, I will have to have a good, a good feel I just to make sure that everyone's within the rules. This is a charitable gesture.
1: <laughs> um, anyway, cue the music,
0: well, this please. Is, this is horrible. <laughs> cue cue is the horrible. music. Well, I think actually, Tom, the uh, music that they were fighting to was, but you can blow her hat off. Yes, unfortunately, no, it was done for, for proper medical reasons. And if you do want a uh, slightly pornographic and lecherous look, then you'll have to. You'll have to go and find one of the paintings done by contemporary artists who recreated the event for newspapers and entertainment later on, of which there are several. Oh, dear. So, and so, with a sharp word to all the coachmen and attendants present, all of the men, to walk a long way away and turn their backs the fighters stripped off and picked up their swords. There wasn't any shooting this time, as far as we know, uh, probably because they didn't want anyone to actually die. Straight to swordy cuffs. Straight to swordy cuffs, yep. (laughs) No shooty cuffs, no fisty cuffs, just swordy cuffs, just stabby cuffs. Now, by all accounts and not entirely surprisingly, neither lady really knew what they were doing or actually really wanted to fight.
1: (laughs) And my hands are bleeding You're holding the wrong end you silly bent Just like you were doing with the bloody fox gloves <laughs> Oh I don't know what to do with the pointy
0: end Oh I bet you That's bloody very do sharp. <laughs> Very sharp this <laughs> Not the biggest saber you've seen either you dirty bitch <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, and because neither of them really wanted to fight or knew what they were doing it took several minutes and actually until the end of the third round for anyone to make a serious effort at which point <laughs> with a sudden dash forward and presumably an almighty clattering of noble tits Countess, <laughs> Anas- Countess Anastasia managed to slash Princess Pauline's nose slightly just, just a scratch <laughs> oh you um, bitch um, pl- plowing oh. On. <laughs> um, but theoretically it was enough to end the duel Now, at this point, their seconds, their sidekicks, should have immediately called a halt to the fight as first blood had been drawn. Unfortunately, at the sight of that blood, both of them had fainted, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not entirely surprising, given that in corsets, it's hard enough for anyone to stay conscious, even without the excitement of a duel or the panic of blood. (laughs) And so, because they were both unconscious, no one called a halt. So, Pauline proceeded to stab Anastasia in the arm. In the eyeballs. <laughs> in the eyeballs. <laughs> Repeatedly.
1: Yes. In the you getting the hang of this.
0: <laughs> Why is with the sound effects with you at the moment? So, Pauline proceeded to stab Anastasia in the arm uh, before, <laughs> before the surgeon, Baroness Lubinska, waded in to break them up. Oh dear. <laughs> and of course, at the sound of the screams from the two fighters, the coachman and attendants all turned and ran in to help. At which point, the Baroness had to beat them off with her umbrella. Did Not she? in that way. <laughs> 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 so, which end? Steady. Which, which end of the umbrella? <laughs> hook up the prostate.
1: Stand back, everyone. This is very important that I get involved <laughs> at
0: the moment. So I heard some no. screams. No, 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 we're not bringing him back. That's horrible. <laughs> no. Beat them off with her umbrella and, and told the dirty perverts to turn their backs and keep their distance. <laughs> Including you. Oh, alright. <laughs> now, unfortunately, because no one had been keeping score, Uh, because the scorekeepers were unconscious both women declared victory for themselves. Anna for drawing first blood and Pauline for delivering the first proper wound. In the end, once the seconds had recovered with a liberal dose of smelling salts presumably, they decided to call it a draw and make the fighters hug and make friends, which apparently they did. Both apparently being understandably pretty shocked by what had happened and the actual realities of sword fighting, which I suspect was fucking terrifying. (laughs) Yeah, I imagine so. So, yeah, there we go. Now, despite only using nobility for the duel in the hope that word of it would never get out, so by having women of class and standard present, you hope they wouldn't go gossiping, it pretty quickly made world news. (laughs) (laughs) Of
1: course, of Of course. course. Because <laughs> women, if there's one thing women don't like doing, it's gossiping. Sam, <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't have been difficult to keep it
0: under wraps. No, no, no comments. Um, so, despite <laughs> attempts to stop it from getting out, it pretty quickly made world news, being published in an Italian newspaper and then spreading around the rest of the world.
1: A bit like coronavirus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, too soon. <laughs> But quite funny. Unfortunately, no reliable source has ever been found to suggest that it really happened, or at least to, or to prove that it really happened. Princess Pauline was asked about it in uh, years afterwards and always claimed that Italian reporters had made it up to pass the time. And neither woman ever wrote about it in their memoirs. Uh, but of course, they wouldn't, would they, if they were trying to keep it a secret? So who knows? And
1: I find it very hard to believe that the Italian media would take satisfaction in having two topless women sword fighting, for example.
0: Absolutely. On daytime yes, TV. it's entirely the kind of thing that would repulse Italian yeah. media. The Italian television stations would never,
1: ever air that sort of content. At two o'clock in the afternoon? No,
0: absolutely not. They would never do such a thing. They'd certainly never take that exact concept and then and then use it to present the weather. That's exactly yeah, the kind no, of thing Italians that Italy would wouldn't never do.
1: Never do that.
0: Never do that. No.
1: Very un-Italian.
0: That is frightfully un-Italian. Yes, I for one am shocked, and they should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> so there we go, Tom. There we have it. To steal your phrase. <laughs> there you have it. Absolutely.
1: Uh, Cracking story. Again, yep. Very, very you, Sam. Very (laughs) me. Finding a ridiculous story. (laughs) Set ourselves a challenge, Tom. I'd like to set myself a challenge. (laughs) Very good. That leaves us with pandemics for next week, doesn't
0: it? It is pandemics next week, yes. So, once again... If uh, you found any great history podcasts, any series, any books that you're reading, great resources, we've got a couple we can shout about, do let us know. And we'll do a bit of an audience participation segment where we talk about the kind of things that you're doing to keep yourself entertained, keep your spirits up while you're locked inside. And then we'll talk about horrible planet-ending pandemics, just to bring it back round again. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: And do tell your friends. Come on, people! Work yeah, us, please, yeah.
0: please do tell your friends about us. It, it makes bones. a huge difference. It makes a huge, huge difference. So, yes, you can uh, get in touch with us via email. ThatWasGeniusCast at gmail You can find us on Facebook. Uh, that Was Genius Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at That Was Genius, and you can find us on Twitter. That underscore was underscore genius. Right. We will see you next week for uh, what is bound to be a light-hearted. <laughs> morale lifting and entirely unha- morale lifting and entirely unharrowing look at pandemics through history yep and Sam and I already know a little bit about some of these
1: and <laughs> it's not good your odds yes. aren't good
0: yes it's not the first time that is uh... <laughs> was going to make a joke about you being a super spreader then but <laughs> <laughs> couldn't quite phrase it right <laughs> right say goodbye Tom see you, I'll see you next week bye bye <laughs>